3: feeling about
1: this. Welcome to episode 326 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Paul Burkhardt. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And happy Thanksgiving, buddy. Yeah, man! Happy Thanksgiving. Recording. Thanksgiving's party. Day recording. Yeah, so uh, what was what was the damage? what What was your Thanksgiving plate this year? You know, it was super simple. My
0: uncle and his wife h- ended up having the flu and oh, no. didn't bring their green bean casserole. My his daughter ended up having like stomach issues, like irritable bowel or something like that. Ended up not bringing her side, which I think was. Sweet potato casserole. And uh, so we had dressing and mashed potatoes and uh, cranberry sauce. Nice. And and rolls. Did, you know, basics.
1: Did you have turkey?
0: No. no turkey. Nani did not make a turkey this year. I gotcha. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was my gotcha it was super simple,
1: betcha was good though I mean, it was good. it was real good. I feel like dressing is uh underrated sometimes.
0: My grandmother made a comment about my weight, so I passed on dessert and, oh. uh, that was that was a very unmerry part of the day, but you know hey,
1: whatever brutal <laughs> it happens. it does happen. I got a grandma who. We'll also take some swipes at the weight. to be completely honest. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So my Thanksgiving plate. uh, So for the last year or couple years, you know, we have foregone the fried turkey. The deep fried turkey was my family's go to for like two decades.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. They were on
1: it before everybody else was on it. Yeah. I remember being on the fried turkey when I was... Uh maybe even longer than two decades because I, I would have been eighteen then. Yeah. Before then. And that's what we did, right? And then yeah. a couple years ago, as like, you know, our Thanksgiving gatherings got smaller, Goose decided to like just get the turkey breasts and smoke them in a smoker, which are delicious. But right. this year He went the extra mile and spatchcocked a turkey and smoked the whole turkey. That's what I'm talking about. And, man, was it good. I'm not hating on fried turkey. Fried turkey is delicious, but that smoked turkey, that's where it's at. And it may just because it's a change of pace. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, a change of pace is nice. Um, So that was, you know, the protein was the smoked turkey. Uh, some green bean casserole, some sweet potato casserole, some mashed potatoes, some dressing. And then Jessie, she was in charge of desserts, as my family is wont to do, if we're having a function. They know Jessie likes to bake. Uh-huh. so She's Jessie, the Baker
0: Supreme. Yeah,
1: Jessie was like, you know what I want to do this year is I want to do the pies completely from scratch. Oh uh, my goodness. Because she's, she's had this whole week off. So she did pumpkin yeah. pie pecan pie and chocolate peanut butter pie from scratch. Yeah. And let me tell you, buddy, that pumpkin pie. Phenomenal. And I'm a guy who's kind of like, so, so on pumpkin pie. I always have it. Yeah. Cause it's Thanksgiving. And you,
0: it's the thing is when you usually get a pumpkin pie, odds are it's store bought, right? Like right. someone picked up a pumpkin pie and that bitch is bland as fuck.
2: Dude, but when someone this. goes
0: the extra mile to make a
1: scratch pumpkin pie, that shit is fucking delicious. Yeah, and with the the homemade crust, I'm telling you, man, and it she makes was, a difference. She was like, uh, she was saying on the way, she was like, you know, I still need to work on my crust game. I don't have it down completely. And I was telling her like, well, if you need to test out crust recipes and work on it, I got a full list of request list of pies. So I'll be happy to uh, help you uh, figure that cross thing out between now and Christmas. My Aunt Denise, the Jedi Master level librarian,
0: mm-hmm. gave me a pie cookbook one year from this like lady, this award winning pie bacon lady that I, I need to let Jesse borrow the book because it's got
1: like several different shell recipes in it, you know, nice. like
0: from scratch
1: and then so you know i get to hang out with my little nephew right and he is jazzed family are in town and he's playing with jesse he's playing with me and then at one point he goes hey uncle halls will you come to my room i want to tell you something which means he wants to tell me not in front of the whole family right right so i go into his room and he he does like this comical look around to see if he's around and he closes the door and he goes hey If you want to stand up and walk around, I won't tell anybody. Oh. (laughs) That's cool. And I was like, no, man, I can't. And you know what's funny is we went to visit because my grandmother's not doing super well. We went to Mississippi for a visit uh the weekend before my surgery. Yeah. Sorry (laughs) about that. We stopped to see Amanda and Goose and Jackson for a little while. And he was out when on that visit, he was like, you know, I bet you if you tried really hard, you could probably walk. And I was like, No. Oh no, nah, nah, I don't really think I can, buddy. And he was like, I bet if you really tried, you could. He said, I see your legs. Yeah. I see them. They yeah. look they look fine. And they, they look move. like they should be good to go. I see them moving. And then I didn't get to see this, but he's got like this little Like sort of wooden four-wheeled radio flyer little vehicle. It's not like Uh a power wheel or a wagon, you know, but it's like one of those things that you sit on and then like you move. Like a ride-along. Yeah. Uh, And he was apparently sitting on that and was going, look at me, I'm Uncle Halls. Look at me, (laughs) I'm Uncle Halls, pretending he was in a wheelchair and stuff. Oh, that's funny. Um, But yeah, it was nice to see everybody and eat and man. Uh, so, you know, we we eat kind of early-ish. I think we ate about 2.30 or 3. And it wasn't until That's about 20 minutes ago that I got over that hump of, like, dude, I ate too much today. Like, I yeah. and, like the drive home from Mississippi was misery. That's how full I was. Right. I was like, oh, God. <clears throat> so, yeah. Also, I want to say a quick shout-out and a thanks to everybody for being so understanding with us uh missing an episode last week we kind of you know i said on the episode the previous episode that we might skip next week or last week depending on my how my surgery went and everything went fine but i just was not feeling great at all on thursday after the surgery Mm -hmm. so we decided to take the week off and um everybody was real cool about it so i just wanted to thank you guys legs doing good knees doing good It, uh, like when I had the surgery, right. And I came Mm -hmm. out, my whole leg was wrapped from like way above my knee down to my toes was wrapped in this big ACE bandage type thing. My goodness. And the doctor was like, I would leave that on for two or three days before you take it off and redo the bandage. So for three days, it was like Schrodinger's cat or however you say that, like, what Mm -hmm. is going on under this bandage
0: schrodinger's wound is there or isn't there a wound you won't (laughs) know till you reveal it
1: and then uh i got to do the unboxing on sunday morning and you know me like i've been anxious about this for a couple of days leading up to it and then i like i took the bandage off and i was like oh it doesn't look that bad i mean it's it's gnarly it's all stitched up and stuff but it doesn't Mm -hmm. look as bad as i was uh making self anxious about it being. So that was a nice surprise. So hopefully, you know, once it gets all healed up and I get my stitches removed, that'll be the end of all this. That would be nice. <laughs> that would be great. That would be great. If I don't have to deal with this knee shit anymore. <clears throat> so, um, Hey guys, you know, the you know, the deal. Follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at blue harvest pod. Uh, if you want to support the podcast for as little as $3 a month, you can on our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash Podcast. I got some stuff that uh, is going to be going up. I had to take a little break because of all the the preparation. Getting ready for a surgery is almost more stressful than like the surgery itself. But uh, mm-hmm. we post all our bonus pods over there. Uh, oh No, It's Hall Solo, Cooking with Will, Jaws uh star wars year by podcast with our buddy steel podula rasa with emily lind masters of harvest kasi with king tom steve versus the prequels immediate reactions to mandalorian and bad batch and you know i'm gonna be doing those for boba fett as well and so much more so once again that's patreon.com slash blue harvest podcast and a big shout out to all our patrons you guys are the best absolutely Absolutely.
0: There's a new season of uh, the Great British Baking Show that is currently airing. I know Jesse's probably watching
1: it. I don't know if she's Uh, watching the current season yet, but she's a big fan of that show.
0: Whenever she does, she should come on Cooking with Chef Will, and we'll talk about the Great British Bake Off in this season.
1: Okay. I'm sure she'd be down.
0: Well, We'll talk about pie or whatever else. Oh, and...
1: um, just as a little hint, hint, there is something brewing in the background. There's a little special Christmas treat coming to, it's going to be coming to the Patreon feed a little early, but then on like Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, there's a little a little Christmas treat we're going to be dropping. Me and uh, one of our more frequent collaborators have a little Christmas miracle in the works. Um that uh, we're both pretty excited about. So as that comes closer... Well, we'll I'm go, excited so. now. Yeah, this, I think it's going to be fun. I'm tingly. Buddy, um, we don't have a ton to talk about this week. We're going to talk about Lop and Ocho from Visions, continuing our uh, sort of individual Star Wars Visions sh- short.
0: Continuing stuff. our deep-dive series into the uh, Star Wars Visions collection. Make,
1: make sure to... You're lock- on the Criterion make sure to like and subscribe hit that bell notification
0: um dude my kid says it's your boy liam make sure to like and subscribe hit me in the comments let me know in the comments
1: i every time you tell me this i think it is super adorable so for context (laughs) he does this when he's playing like minecraft right any you know yeah just video games when he's just playing around and he'll be like hit me in the comments like it's yeah i think that's so funny um
0: i just think every day we stray further from god
1: (laughs) (laughs) man i mean you know when we were his age i'm sure i was constantly quoting whatever it was I was obsessed I with. I know. You know.
0: That's I, I know in perspective, you know, it's just you don't know what the internet is doing to the little kids, you know, like it came out when we were
1: Yeah. In that middle makes middle school like, that makes me like I understand that whole nervousness. But I also know like you're a good dad. You're not going to you're gonna keep an eye yeah, on what your kids I monitor doing and, his Yeah,
0: media consumption.
1: Um but like I remember one time uh, it was right after the Ninja Turtles movie came out. And, buddy, I was hyped. And, you know, there's that scene where um, Michelangelo says, God, I love being a turtle. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Uh, I said that, like, it got stuck in my brain. And one day at school, I would not stop saying it on the playground. And, you know, I went to a real super religious school. Mm-hmm. So they consider that sort of thing, like, blasphemy. You were
0: possessed. You were talking to the Lord about how
1: you loved being a turtle. And (laughs) I, like, that. my teacher literally pulled me aside and was like, you need to stop saying that right now. (laughs) And so every time I watch the Ninja Turtles movie, that pops in my head at that scene. I'm like, ooh, that shit got me in trouble when I was a kid. She made me sit out the rest of Recess. This is in, like, you know, first grade or something. That's also the year that I got banned from doing show and tell for taking up too much time. That teacher had it out for me, Will. Man, that's what it sounds like. (laughs) So, um, there was something kind of neat. So, we are in the midst of kind of the ramp up of Book of Boba Fett promotion right now. And uh, there is a issue of Empire Magazine with Boba and Fennec on the cover, and it hit the stands. I think it actually released today. Um, and there's some, you know, some little nuggets of information in there, including a look at some of the directors of this. Uh, this article specifically mentions that Robert Rodriguez is directing multiple episodes Dave Filoni is directing, Bryce Dallas Howard, and newcomers Steph Green, and I am going to fuck up this name, peace and love, I am sorry, Kevin Tancharian, Kevin Kevin Tancharian, so, you know, a nice mix, we're getting, obviously we kind of figured with Robert Rodriguez being the showrunner that he would direct one if not more episodes and then having bryce dallas howard and dave filoni direct episodes makes sense as well i've really enjoyed the bryce dallas howard episodes of mando so i think she'll probably do a really good job with boba fett absolutely
0: i'm a big bryce dallas howard fan both directing and acting
1: yeah she's pretty great i wonder if um I wonder if she would be interested in or if uh, one day we could see her doing like a full live action Star Wars movie. That would, that, be, cool. That would yeah. be cool. That would be cool. That would be cool. Um, And there's some new images um, from Book of Boba Fett. Nothing, you know, it all seems like different angles and sort of behind the scenes stuff of, that we've seen in the trailers and whatnot. But it's just mm-hmm. nice to see the promotion, you know, after the thud of Disney Plus Day, it's nice to get some <laughs> morsel of Star Wars. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Tastes good. Mm-mm-mm. Um, and also, during the you know interview, while they were interviewing everybody, they got some little tidbits of um, information about stuff coming down the road. For instance, you know Dave Filoni. They were talking to him, and he mentioned like how thrilling it is to be writing the Ahsoka series, and how he's had this Ahsoka story in mind. He just never envisioned that the way he would get to the point where he could tell that story was through, you know, Baby Yoda or Grogu and um, mm-hmm. Dinjarin. So that's cool. It sounds like you know he's well in the process of writing that show, probably getting close to the end of the writing process. Um, Kathleen Kennedy talked about, you know, sort of Hayden and uh, Ewan McGregor's reunion on the set of um, uh, Obi-Wan. And there was a specific part that kind of stood out to me. Lucasfilm boss Kathleen Kennedy opened up about the emotional reunion of McGregor and Christensen on set as they slipped back into those iconic flowing robes. The thing that was most exciting was being on the set and watching the two of them get excited. Uh, I don't know if that was like editorial flair or whatever put in by the author talking about both of them slipping back into those iconic flowing robes. But
0: it really makes me smile. Like, it makes me smile in real life. And, like, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if somebody made that shit up, but, like, damn, the image of it.
1: Well, okay. So it really hypes me up and gets me excited, warms my heart. You know, there's been a lot of speculation and stuff about, you know, do you bring Hayden back just to have him in the Vader suit the whole time? And even if you do, like, a you know, like a back to tank scene or a scene where he's out of the mask for a second, you know, do you, how much do you really bring the dude back to do that sort of thing? Um, and on top of that, that has caused people to speculate, Oh, are we possibly going to see maybe clone wars or prequel era flashbacks? And if Hayden really did step back into the quote unquote, uh, iconic flowing robes, that's gotta be what it is, right?
0: Yeah, because, I mean, okay, Darth Vader, I think he has a a robe, right? No, it's just Kind
1: of. He's got, like, so he's got his suit, and then he's got his cape. There are, like, two strips of cloth that come down. Around his waist. Waist level. But I don't really know that you call that a
0: robe. Again, that's what I was going to say. He's got, like... Some tunic-like strips and a cape. Yeah, I don't know that you can call that robes. i say to say slipping back into the robes to me implies that he's in Jedi garb.
1: Yeah, and like I said, I don't know. Like reading that part of the article, I couldn't really get a bearing on if that was a direct quote from Kathleen Kennedy or, like I said, some some juice, some juice that the author threw in there. But regardless. Uh, I really do think it's probably a strong possibility that we get Clone Wars era stuff and least a flashback or something. I think if you're going to bring Hayden back, you don't just keep him in. We've talked about this. You don't just keep him in the Vader suit the whole time. Yeah. Uh, as cool as it is, like I'm just glad the dude's back at all. <laughs> um, and then, so that was cool, right? And yeah. then, um, I don't know, man. This week specifically, it seems like the rumor mill has started to churn on this idea of post episode nine stories, right? Mm-hmm. And for instance, Unrelated to Empire, somebody asked, Adam Driver's out doing a promotion for that House of Gucci movie, Mm -hmm. and they asked him if he would um, be opposed to returning for Star Wars, and he says, uh, his response was essentially, no, I'm totally not against it. For me, it's a filmmaker's medium, so my only thing is working with great filmmakers, now, that isn't, like, you know, that is a very, like... That is the most vanilla way you could respond to that. I don't know that it's vanilla as so as much as it's a dude who, like, takes his craft super seriously and is approaching it from well, that. Well, we all know he does that. But, uh, you know... Uh, like I said, it's not... It's very robotic. That's something I would do with my time as an expenditure of time I could possibly do. It's not the most exciting answer, that's for sure. But it's also not like a, nah, I would never do that either. And then also in the... ah, uh Oh, shit. If the story
0: of Ray Skywalker continues, mm-hmm. it would make sense for some sort of spirit or force guide, perhaps to take the form of Ben Solo as opposed to Luke Skywalker. I mean, she, you know, she was more
1: intimately close with Ben Solo, honestly. No, I think it would make sense, right? But then, in uh, I believe the same Empire article. Kathleen Kennedy basically said that these are characters that they want to return and that they are in the process of discussing what that looks like now. So it sounds like they're in some sort of, you know, process of figuring out what post episode nine content looks like and how to bring these characters back and uh, man, what
0: if we got a Ren this. movie? What if we have a Kylo Ren movie?
1: Like set before The Force Awakens?
0: The story, yeah. The story of the youth education by Luke and fall of Kylo Ren. Yeah. With I,
1: Mark Hamill playing the, you know, I mean, basically
0: that, the same scenes from.
1: That would be cool. But if she's talking about all the other characters, Finn, Poe, Ray. So on and so oh, forth. Oh yeah, I would, that would be great. I, I think the only way you can go is post episode nine. Now, what oh, yeah. form does that take? Like,
0: our heroes are all alive and ready to start their next adventure. Yeah. I know that Star Wars has had a rocky start, but I I need Oscar Isaac and Daisy Ridley and John Boyega. I need them to come back. You know,
1: you know, Oscar Isaac, is kind of has been one of the more negative on returning like somebody asked him in an interview this is a few months back like would he come back to star wars and he's like yeah i don't really think i would i don't know maybe if i needed to buy another house or something buy a new house so wow. what what i need if anybody listening right on this podcast has any contact with oscar isaac what i need you to do is start showing him real ball and zillow listings yeah
0: right because him
1: really cool houses Cause I, uh, I do like some Poe Dameron, Oscar Isaac's also. Really good in Dune, for the record. I finally I was about watched to say, Dune.
0: The man who will suit up to be Lord, you know,
1: you know, Lord Atreides. Yeah, but that's a little different, you know. And it, I mean, it's different sci-fi. Yeah, but you you also have to admit that like it's super serious as opposed to like, fantastical and whimsical like dune as a project with the director they got had a certain level of prestige to it now um, yeah, has obviously. dune blown up the box office no it's done really well and obviously it did well enough for them to greenlight the sequel and obviously we also have to take into effect that like or take into account that it was put up on hbo max as well as being in the theater so you know i'm sure i feel like it
0: was one of the last i feel like there's this big push to get everything back in the theater
1: well no they still there's still quite a few hbo max things coming the, the new made well, I, I just meant the industry in general i didn't yeah i don't think any. i don't know that wb or that warner brothers will be continuing this uh trend like they announced all the movies that were coming out, you know, day one on HBO Max. And I think once that list is run out, I don't I don't know that they'll be continuing that. Unless this is. Uh, I've been really... I've just been
0: noticing them hammering it home on cable TV. You know, that only in theaters. Like, this new Clifford movie is only there. And there's several other movies that they're like, only in theater. There's a driving home this point that you can only see this if you come to the movies.
1: Right. But, like I said, HBO Max specifically... Uh, had this whole list, right? And you know, right. King Kong versus Godzilla was one of them, and Dune, and The Matrix, the Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad, and stuff like that. So Space
0: Jam, I've seen them, Jam. a lot of them come as they come out, the brand new They've been really good. I've really enjoyed that. I feel like you know, good on them for kind of reading the moment. I know they're catching some flack for it, you know, in the business amongst the business, yeah. but. I, I can't say that I haven't enjoyed that myself. You no, know, the, I the have Justice League
1: redo. You know, I I've taken uh, taken full advantage myself. You know, I watched Suicide Squad. I watched Dune. I feel like Jesse and I watched another one of them. Like I wasn't super interested in Space Jam. Uh, I'll be checking out The Matrix when it goes up on HBO Max. Oh, King Kong versus Godzilla. I watched that. So, sure. <laughs> um. <clears throat> got a little sidetracked there. But yeah, I think next year we will see a lot less of that. Um, unless, unless they have really shot up in subscription numbers for HBO max. Like if that's been doing gangbusters, then you might still occasionally see movies that uh, premiere um, in theaters and on their service. But I don't know. So, so, um tom and jerry movie i'm sorry that's a late hit i didn't watch that how was my my
0: kid you know space jam you got a kid
1: um you want to talk about talk about lop and ocho of course i do uh so lop and ocho is the eighth of the star wars vision shorts this comes from studio gino uh and it is um kind of interesting this is one that like i didn't dislike it at first but this one grows on me more and more every time i watch it and Mm -hmm. i feel like there's some important context in that filmmaker focus for lop and ocho like i didn't catch on the first few times watching it that it is essentially sort of a a yakuza series uh story like Uh the dad and that is the leader of a Yakuza whose daughter Ocho is set to take over the family once he's gone. Um, Right. And that is sort of the Yakuza that basically rule over a planet, right? Yeah. Sort of. It seems, uh, another, they also
0: have this mystical tradition as well. There's this, I don't know, not, not necessarily religion, but there's these, I don't know, these rituals and a spirituality, tied into their yakuza way or whatever on this planet
1: specifically, right? And and also, <laughs> um, you know the fact that hundreds of years ago a Jedi came to that planet and before he died he sort of passed on that lightsaber right. to them and stuff. You know that definitely throws something in the mix. Um, something that really are there. St- no, for go it. ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say something that really stands out for me in this episode, and I'm glad that they. Focused on it a little bit in the behind the scenes material are those hand painted backgrounds. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think a lot of people don't necessarily understand the process. And not that I do either, by the way. I'm not saying this like I have some giant pool of knowledge about this. But, you know, Japanese animation, f- for a lot of it, is still done in a more sort of traditional way I think a lot of people just see animation be it Japanese animation or western animation nowadays and think it's just completely done on computers start to finish Mm -hmm. and that's really not the case for anime while a lot of it's hand drawn on computers you still have sort of that human touch to it and they took that a sort of step further with the hand painted backgrounds in this that really gives it like an extra bit of quality or something to it.
0: I, I think the term that the director used was warmth. You know, that the, the yes. hand-painted backgrounds really are you know, give off a warmth and really draw you in, and he's absolutely correct about that. They really do give a feeling that, you know, you just can't get. I mean, I, I know the computer stuff is really getting incredible, but some of that hand painted detail and sometimes when you watch those old Miyazaki movies you're like damn yeah damn there's so much detail the be hand drawn in every scene and you're just like that's incredible
1: it is and you know um when you watch older anime and I'm actually sort of I'm deep into watching older anime now. I'm like 40 episodes into the original Dragon Ball or something at this point. Uh, A lot of the weird shit has found its way out of the story. A lot less crotch grabbing and shit going on at this point. But, you know, that is a show from the 80s that is, you know, 100% quote unquote traditional animation. And there Mm -hmm. are, you know, there will be several episodes in a row that are Gorgeous, you know what I mean. Uh, right. it, Talking about these backgrounds, like the backgrounds in Dragon Ball have this beautiful, almost watercolor look to them and stuff. Mm-hmm. B- and then you'll hit an episode that clearly—I don't know if it was rushed or what—but you'll hit a rough episode where mm-hmm. things just don't look great, colors <coughs> off and stuff. Who knows? That may even be part of like the digitizing process of getting that up on streaming. I don't quite Maybe. know. But um you know, when you see that shit being done at full like full power at Japanese animation quality, you see mm-hmm. why that stuff stands out against contemporary western animation of the time,
0: you know. At the kid, I didn't understand. You know, growing up with the 90s cartoons, right. You know, those were all animated in Japan and probably Korea, I believe. And uh, and I couldn't understand why the intro, like the intro was sick as hell. The animation level on all of the intro, Ninja Turtles, you know, the, I was like, why doesn't that match the rest of the show? Why can't the rest of the show be as kick-ass animation as the intro is? And I was like, it's just, you know, that's just how, that is sheer, stand, you know, nobody's got the amount of time. That takes so much money. Right. To make that much, you know, you can do the intro like that because you're going to reuse it every episode.
1: Well, you know, I feel like towards the later 80s and 90s, Western animation definitely took a step forward. You know, like when you talk about Ninja Turtles, when you talk about X Men and Spider Spider-Man, Man and the Man. animated series, like that's when I feel like American animation, or like I said, Western animation really took a step forward and uh, was that
0: western animation? I thought those were animated overseas.
1: Well, I mean what I mean is western, the shows were produced in the west. That's true. I mean the western you know, presented product. animation. Right. Um I'll look it up right now. Like, you know, for instance, <clears throat> Filmation back in the day that did He-Man, that was western animation. Hanna-Barbera. That's true. Like yeah. um Let's see. Let's see who did the animation. Uh, bah, 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 bah. Oh, Lord. You would think this would be easier to figure out. Yeah, um, well, it takes a minute to get there. If
0: you're on Wikipedia, you just got to find your right spot.
1: Yep. Um, but, yeah, like, I feel like that's when... Our animation, like I said, took a step forward. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I think even like the biggest He-Man fan I know, our buddy Chris Fresh, would agree that like the Filmation He-Man cartoon, it's rough, right? Like, when you look at that compared to what was being produced in Japan at a similar time, it's night Mm -hmm. and day, um...
0: Yeah, and I know what you're talking about. When you watch the original Voltron, like some of that can get weak, weak sauce. But then there are certain parts of it. They're like, oh, this is beautiful. I clearly all the budget went into the board, you know the Voltron transformation and not the villain talking. Well, that villain talking was like his head was on a stick. You know. Well,
1: like Voltron is a Japanese animation. It's mm-hmm. like Voltron's one of those weird cases where they took like some different stuff and combined it to be its own thing in the western release but that, that is oh, anime okay. That's I think it was called Go Lion uh, at least the original one was called Go Lion in um, in um, the United States or in Japan rather mm-hmm. um, but yeah it's um, basically it's a long road to get to say that like the quality of animation in La Pinacho has a more classic anime feel to it. Like you have something say like, you know, the twins that feels super like super modern. Yeah, that that's that feels more current sort of anime style. Then mm. like the Ninth Jedi is gorgeous, it's lush, it's amazing, but that's got more of a like a modern cinematic anime feel to me. You know what I mean? Right. Like, that's, the, like, that's the kind of anime you'll see in, like, a, a movie. Um, not necessarily, like, a week-to-week show. And then, you know, mm-hmm. other stuff is very stylized. This, to me, is something that feels like almost golden age of anime-style animation. It feels like it should be, like, a two-hour
0: movie. An hour, 45-minute movie. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. really from from their youth to the end, like, you could really explore this whole story in a movie and wrap up with their final battle or their reconciliation, whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and, and the director mentions in the stuff that, like, even though they left the story where they left it, they would assume, because of people's familiarity with Star Wars, that they would know eventually Lop and Ocho would reunite and everything, you know, would be good again, mm-hmm. which I mean, that's it's kind of how Star Wars does its thing, right? That's how Star Wars tells its story. So <clears throat> um, I got to say, one of my favorite set pieces from all of visions is the final fight between Lop and Ocho with the cherry blossoms in the background. Absolutely. Dude, that shit is amazing.
0: OK, is it did I just miss see something? But are there Kanji? Like, written along the blade of the
1: lightsaber? Down at the bottom, at least. Towards the hilt, there are. I mean, like,
0: once it's struck on the blade.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah, On the actual blade itself, there are. And I love that shit. That's really fucking cool. It is really cool. It makes
0: it feel really old, you know? Like, there are runes that come up within the blade.
1: Yeah, and, and, like, what's been really interesting watching... Okay, obviously, if someone says to you, oh, we're gonna do... Star Wars anime shorts in like an anthology thing, like one of the first thing that's probably going to pop in your mind is like, oh, they're going to do like katana lightsabers, and what's been really cool is seeing each different studio's approach to right. a, a katana inspired lightsaber would be like you know in in the last or in um shit uh, uh what's the first one the duel no mm-hmm no it is no the duel. it is the duel. yeah uh like you know his is actually held in like a scabbard right yeah and then um in the village bride hers is its own thing and in the elder their lightsabers are their own sort of take on that and then in this one you get the very ornamental hilt that's got all the decorative bits to it and then like you mm-hmm. said those kanji that pop up on the blade itself i think it's a awesome time no
0: no two have been the same is the interesting part
1: yeah they've all seemed to to take their own approach to that idea
0: and in the ninth jedi you had a spread of like nine you know to you know, nine different lightsabers you yeah, don't and, see
1: them all for and, real long but and know. they kind of like uh, went a more traditional lightsaber route right like not as katana inspired, I feel right,
0: um, but as traditional Star Wars lightsaber, right, right, uh, which is with is, the added spice of their crystals being uh smelted and uh, oh, what was the name smithed in a way that reflected their their use connection to yeah. the force.
1: Uh, that was super fucking cool to me,
0: like oh, that yeah. was
2: awesome.
1: So, uh, you know, uh, I still feel like the pacing of Lop and Ocho is a little, It, it you're kind of right. It feels like a very condensed movie. Yeah. Like, that's what is, I, yeah. This is one that you could ins- expand into its whole, into, you know, 90 minutes and it, it would just feels be like a zip version of a movie. Yeah. Right. Like, and then the only other thing I have is, and it's only in a couple spots, in this um, particular sport, uh, short, but I feel like they went a little heavy-handed on the film grain effect, specifically sort of towards the beginning of this episode. And it's not something okay. that I noticed until uh, watching it this time, even because you know I'm paying like super close attention. So we're since we're going to talk about it tonight, <clears throat> and that's something you see from time to time, not just in this, but. You know, sometimes video games will throw, like, a film grain filter over top of it, and some of them go a little too heavy-handed with it sometimes. Uh, and when I, it abstracts from your able to, you know,
0: appreciate the animation, the high-quality level of animation, the film grain doesn't help with that,
1: right? Like, Well, you know, I, under, I, I totally get why people do it. Um, and I'm normally fine with it. And like I said, it's the tiniest little complaint only in a couple of spots, specifically sort of towards the beginning and one other s- short sequence. Um, in the, uh, episode, I felt like maybe they went a little heavy handed with it, but that, like I said, the tiniest little complaint, it just kind of popped out to me when I was watching it today. So,
0: um, <laughs> one of the only things that I will say is that, There's absolutely nothing wrong with the dub performance. It is good. I feel like because of the subject matter, and you know it being kind of a yakuza story, the way the characters yell at each other, it is almost you know not preferable, but it's enjoyable to watch in Japanese. It's one of those that is enjoyable. I'm not saying that it's much better in Japanese because Mm. the dub is not bad.
3: I don't think the
0: dub uh, is one of those that.
1: I don't think the dub is bad either, but this is one that like, I do prefer in Japanese. Agreed. I pre- This and the twins and like, they've been all really cool to go back and watch uh, in Japanese and subtitles. And I've enjoyed them, but you know, like it's getting to a point where I've seen all these shorts several times. Now, I'll probably take a little bit of a star Wars visions break after next week when we talk about the last episode. And then <laughs> of course. when I revisit down the road, I ha- I kind of imagine there'll be certain ones I watch dubbed and certain ones I watch subbed. And I think this one will be a one I watch in Japanese with subtitles. Um, n- not taking anything away from the English dub. I think they did. Not at all. Like, like I said, I, I wanted to just, start that. There's nothing at all wrong. Yeah.
0: It has to do kind of with, like, I know this sounds weird, but, like, subject matter and the way the dialogue is delivered, you know, some of the way Japanese culture and dialogue is spoken doesn't necessarily translate great to English, if that makes sense. And, like, it's better delivered in Japanese. Yeah. Yeah, there's a... Yeah, it's, it's Does interesting. Does that make sense? Do you, yeah, you know, I, I get what that happens. Well, I, yeah, I, I and...
1: fail to point to a specific instance, but... You know, we I, I think we know. talked about this a couple weeks ago. There are just certain anime for me that I've watched one way or the other that I can't imagine watching the other way. Like Full Metal Alchemist, Cowboy mm-hmm. Bebop, um you know, those two specifically um are two shows that I've watched so many times with an English dub, that that's just how those characters sound to me. And then Mm -hmm. for instance, like, um, uh, having a brain fart here, uh, uh, attack on Titan attack on Titan, you know, I started watching when I first started watching that, I watched the dub. And then as new seasons came out before the dub was out, I was watching, you know, the Japanese version with subtitles and now the Japanese version of that show, um, is a lot more, it sounds a lot more right to me. Like when I go over to the dub, it just seems weird. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it it is interesting. And I think the, the Japanese track on this one is really good. So, Hey, you want to hear from some of our friends? You know it Let's do it
0: Kia D Kia D
1: Cockhead
0: The only Jedi master who can crash box Kia cockhead. cockhead Running around slaying so bitches with his cockhead. He's a big Surian stud He loves to split chicks with his
1: pun Kia D Cockhead, cockhead. Stroke his cone and suck on his balls, key D Cockhead, what you
0: gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge, but he'll be pumping spooch spooge tomorrow. Cockhead, Cockhead!
2: Blue Herms, Cockhead, Habsburgers, Cockhead, we'll win, Cockhead.
1: Hey, if you want to send in a voicemail or an email to the podcast, uh, you can. We'd love to hear from you. It's blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. Hey, guys, I'm going to let you know we got quite a few emails over the last week since we recorded last. Uh, I'm going to try and get through them all. It's not exactly super uh, comfortable for me to sit in my chair for extended periods of time for my knee. So if I got to tap out a little early. I know you guys will understand and you guys know we will, um, we will, we'll get there. We'll get you next week. Um, all right. First up, we have a voicemail from a first timer. We haven't heard from them before. This is from oh my goodness. Colin. He says, Hey halls, been listening for a long time and finally have a good reason to leave a voicemail. Hope it works. And thanks for the awesome podcast best colin well let's hear what he has to say
3: hey this is collect colin uh long time listener first time uh calling in uh last week allison's question about symbolism and finding meaning and stuff in star wars and different media really uh piqued my curiosity and having uh, hear Hawes talk about his love for finding different themes and uh, stuff in music um, really got me thinking. Um, Haas, I don't know if you've heard of this band, but they might be in your wheelhouse. They're one of my favorite bands of all time. Uh, they're called King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, and they're full of poetic language, allegories, and concept albums. There's even an entire theory called the gizverse in which all of their albums take place and interact so uh if you want to give them a listen go ahead they have tons of music if you're looking for recommendations on them uh i can certainly help you out there uh so i guess on my question here if uh either uh haas or will if you guys were imbued with magical musical abilities to create whatever kind of music you want but it had to be a uh, thematic, uh, cryptic Star Wars album. What kind of themes would you try to uh, sneak into your album? And what kind of music would you, uh, would you play? I uh, really love the podcast, guys. I've been listening for quite a while. Um, it's been really great. Uh, ignite the green and keep it clean. And I'll talk to you guys soon.
1: You Bye. know I keep it clean. You know I do. <laughs> um, so, first off, I have heard some King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Did I, did I get that right? Wizard, Lizard? Lizard, Wizard? I have heard some King Gizzard. And I do enjoy it. Like, anytime, time, uh, specifically hanging out with our friends Ben and Teresa, he really likes them, so I've heard them over there before. Uh, and I always hear it and be like, oh, I should check out King Gizzard and the lizard wizard, right? So, like, I'll be at work and I'll be like, oh, I want to check out that band. And then I pull up Spotify and look at their discography, and they have so many albums. They mm. have like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, like 20 albums. Mm. all released since like 2014. They're the kind and of, it all tells
0: a story that starts at the beginning.
1: I don't know. So what I, he was saying, like he had recommendations. So if he wants to hit me with like, yo, based on your music tastes, because from what I understand, they kind of, they're one of those bands that sort of dips their toes in a lot of genre. Right. So if he wants to email me a mm-hmm. couple album suggestions, like give me, you know, your favorite two or three albums. Like you're like, if this is where you're gonna start type deal, right? I would be more than happy to check them out a little more in depthly because I do like what I've heard so far. Now, will, if you got um <laughs> this reminded me of something funny. well I'll have to bring up if you got magical music powers uh and and had to create a Star Wars suite of music, what themes? Would you explore, and uh, what uh, what kind of music would it be? Uh, I
0: have two avenues that it would either be, it would either be super experimental psychedelic rock, uh, like early Pink Floyd, and it would s- explore you know the nature of consciousness and you know the vastness of hyperspace and you know crazy qu- cosmic things and then the other way it would be beatles very it'd be poppy rock or rocky pop or whatever and uh um, it would just be uh you know love love is all you need
1: we uh do you remember when we early days on us hanging out when we used to get wasted and watch listen to music with the xbox visualizer on Absolutely. your big tv do you, I you remember those days do you remember also i think i remember those days <laughs> yeah do you remember also playing wish you were here by pink floyd on your guitar Absolutely. jamming yes. it and it was s- probably one of the few songs i knew sangin bro we would sang um i would do there's two i have two avenues i don't really know what it would sound like you know if I was a musician, I don't know what kind of music I would do. I
0: Try. don't know if NPR was doing the greatest hits, but it was Fresh Air and it was. They did Steve Grohl as I was driving to Grenada and then it had Paul McCartney on the way back. That's why my picks were so yeah. easy.
1: But uh, I would say like a series of concept albums about the Tales of the Jedi comics from back in Ooh, the Dark Horse days. That would be cool. You know, the Sword. Them. Like yeah heavy stoner rock about a or about the tales of the Jedi a concept album that just explores how does Darth Maul poop after he gets cut in half that's like a Phantom Menace mm, that's like a Bare Naked Ladies album Mm -mm, I would not William (laughs) William that would not be the kind of band I would put together it's been five days since Darth Maul pooped
0: how does he do that shit
1: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) well, I don't know what to tell you, look, peace and love to any, (laughs) to any, you know, peace and love. That's just, uh, that wouldn't just don't think that would be how I would approach it. All right. Uh, next up we have an email from Joe. He says, Hey halls and will, as always, thanks for the content every week. This email is coming a few weeks late because I was banking episodes to keep me busy for a long drive. A few episodes ago, you talked about Ahsoka and her future or if she'll be a Jedi again in her show. Actually was from a question from another fan wondering if she'd take on a Padawan. As much as she claims I am no Jedi all the time, I now can't help but think of one of the final scenes in The Rise of Skywalker. Ahsoka is one of the force voices that speaks to Rey at the end with all of the other Jedi. In my head canon, this means she has to come back as a Jedi at some point in her life. I also, take it as she is clearly dead by the time episode 9 hits. You think the Ahsoka show is her swan song and she'll sacrifice herself on her quest to save Ezra? Thanks again, boys. He does have a good uh, point about, you know, Rey trying to reach out to all the Jedi, the spirits of all the Jedi, and and Ahsoka is one of the ones that answers. And I know that old buddy Dave Filoni, after Rise of Skywalker came out, said, "Mm, I don't know, like, that doesn't necessarily mean she's dead, right? Like, come on, Dave. Like, (laughs) she was a teenager in the Clone Wars. She made it... through the Clone Wars, through no the one original says how trilogy, long that
0: species hilarious.
1: But I'm just saying, man, like it's okay, Dave. I'm... We all love Ahsoka. We're very thankful for the character that you and George put together. You know, it was a little rough at first, but you got us there. And now she's getting her own live action show. That's awesome. I'm very excited Look, I... for it. The character's got to go at some point. All no. I disagree.
0: I mean, I agree in, in opinion. I don't think that it's the money-making move. Just as they brought her into prime time, Ahsoka is about to be no, 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 Batman no. and Superman, middle-aged forever. No, okay? I don't. Like,
1: no, I'm not saying she has to die in her show. I would not make that. No, clear. no, no. I
0: know what you're saying. I'm just saying it's got to happen before Rise of Skywalker.
1: Yeah, but there's 30 years in between. You know, Return of the Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. That's plenty of time to tell Ahsoka stories. I'm not saying, you know, at some point they have to kill Ahsoka off and then they never use the character again. By far, I'm not saying that. But just in the timeline of the character, she's got to die eventually. And you establish that she's communicating with Rey along with all the other dead Jedi. And it's got to be by episode nine. That's the time. By the time, like, at the point in the timeline when the Dave Filoni chicanery has to fucking cool it, you know? Mm. But I do, I agree with you. There is hundreds of Ahsoka stories that we can have between, you know, from the Clone Wars until Episode Nine. Yeah. I mean, they just now are bringing her into live action. I think there's plenty of things to do with her, but...
0: What if old Ahsoka, like what if old Lady Ahsoka is the Yoda, you know,
1: in Episode Ten, you know, is Yoda and no, Grogu? No, man, she. You okay, Will Filoni. Yeah, hey, like,
0: I'm just throwing out there like ways that Dave Filoni is gonna try to keep her around. Okay,
1: I'm uh, previously. I would have said that's a cool idea. And it is a cool idea, except for me with the post episode nine thing. Like, who was nowhere to be found during all of that going down? Not just that, because we know Ahsoka takes herself off the chessboard <laughs> for the big movie <laughs> strategically. <right? laughs> strategically. And then she comes back in, like, oh, we're going to go look for that kid? Let's go look for oh, that, that, that kid. My, that was my sabbatical
0: that was my right awakening we her. know
1: that she's prone to do that but having her talk to Ray along with all the other Jedi spirits like no. Dave Maloney, you don't have to come up with an excuse for that one you know you don't have to come up with a workaround you can just say yeah by the time episode 9 comes around Osoka's is, is one with the force, but that doesn't mean we don't have plenty of other uh, uh, time to tell tons of Osoka stories. That's just the cutoff. It could be canonically that she died in her sleep, happy in her old age the day On Hosnian prime. the day before episode nine. And that would be <laughs> fine with me, okay? If she is still alive post episode nine, the Dave Filoni fingers in the pie, moving things around to make sure Ahsoka sticks around. To me, that that's a little, it's a little, it's a bit bridge too far.
0: I think Ahsoka will be in episode ten,
1: old lady Ahsoka. I, I'll, I will say right now that it will frustrate me, but I'll figure out a way to like it, and, I, and then <laughs> we'll be here in fucking twenty twenty nine or whatever, and I'll be like. I, I, I fucking, my knee's all fucked up again. But man, Ahsoka was awesome in episode ten. You, oh, you want to know something funny? So I had this knee surgery, right? And more mm-hmm. than one person, when they were checking up on me afterwards, made a joke about me having knee rockets installed, like Boba Fett. <laughs> and I was like, "That's that's funny. You guys are funny." Uh, and then. Like just imagining the process, and then the fact, like me having knee rockets, tiny little rockets in my knee. Like when would I ever need them? When, like, I, I mean, I don't live in the Star Wars universe. I've most never... men would
0: hope that they would never need a dick reduction surgery, but you did. Oh,
1: well, buddy, I love you, buddy. We gotta, we gotta. We this is a. T- this is a story thread that, much like Ahsoka has an end date, <laughs> and then, like, if I actually, much like a, a lightsaber, a real lightsaber, if I had knee rockets, it would just lead to a horrific accident. You know what I mean? Like, I accidentally shoot myself in the face with my knee rockets, and then I'm or you all... Or knock yourself out. Like, you accidentally flash kick yourself <laughs> or like or like you know the knee they're they're talking about the like you know the knee rockets that boba fett shoots out of his knees in in mandalorian right um oh. and i take one of those to the face and then i'm all laid up in bed and i can't see and i can't talk and i can't uh, hear and like jesse's just put a bag over my head and i'm like moving my head in like morris code to communicate and they're like what's he saying and whoever's uh <laughs> interpreting the morris code is like it ain't great (laughs) you don't want to know it ain't great oh my goodness you want to hear from jim let's hear from jim
2: (laughs) good evening halls and will i wanted to talk to you guys about the mandalorian season two uh gallery colon slash lucasfilm uh presentation so something that when they were showing the footage of the technology that they had it seemed like they could use old photos and make it look like he just came off the the set of return of the jedi and they chose not to and they wanted to go with their tried and true a de-aging aging and de-aging and even that voice uh creating a voice without any help being able to reproduce it uh, passing it through that machine and then you get john favreau and it seems like he's heard the future and doesn't can't share it doesn't want to and is nervous like he's trying to signal us you know like for help but um i feel like one day they will be copyright on uh all these different photos and all this old footage and Disney's like, we're not going to get charged for using those images to create our, you know, property. You know, even there might be some we don't own that we use and we don't want to ever get back charged or whatever. Do you think that has something to do with it? Uh, what the, I just, I feel like there's more to what was going on with that whole scene. And uh, I'd love to hear you guys' input on it. All right, Ignite the Green.
1: Um, I think it was more just a, creative decision because you know a lot of the um people that have worked on star wars including like you know mark hamill and carrie fisher talk about like you know when they originally signed on they signed over all their likeness rights for that character so all of that stuff would have transferred over to disney when they bought lucasfilm so they have that's not something they gotta they have, worry about. Yeah, they have the ability to use their likenesses
0: you know,
1: regardless. And then like, you know, when it comes to obviously when, you know it's it's a lot trickier of a proposition when like they want to bring Tarkin back from Rogue One for Rogue One, right? They actually reached out to Peter Cushing's estate and got their blessing before doing yeah. that. Um so I you know, I think it was just a creative decision why they took the route they did with Luke. Now, with them having hired that deep fake guy off of YouTube or whatever, I have a feeling they're gonna go more that route. We'll see. Um, I'll tell you this. I watched there was this very interesting article, I believe, on Kotaku, about sort of the Progression and facial capture and stuff. And it was mm. this company that was doing tests in Unreal Engine, which, you know, Unreal Engine, I believe, is the same thing they use for, like, the backgrounds and stuff on the, um, shit, what do they call that thing? Uh, the volume? The volume, perfect. Yeah, the name of the article is Video Games might be finally starting to bridge the uncanny valley. and they did this mixture, right of facial capture, unreal animation, and then ran that through um like terabytes of reference data and added on like AI er- learning on top of it. And the results are fucking unreal, dude. like when you see the footage, It just looks like an actress making faces at a camera, but it's 100% animation. I've
0: seen that. I saw that video. I didn't read the article, but I saw that what you're talking about.
1: And it's so, you know, yeah, that technology, now that it's becoming more widely used, that it's only going to progress. Like look at early CG in movies versus where we are now, you know, Mm -hmm. watch toy story one, the original toy story compared to toy story three or four. It's they've taken large leaps and that sort of thing. So I think it's just going to get better and better. You know, I'm of sort of two minds, like I really love Luke showing up, but like, You know, if you're ever going to get to the point where you're telling, I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't know that I want, you know, a 10 episode season of a Luke story with de-aged Luke the whole time, you know, used sparingly here and there for important scenes and stuff. I think it's pretty, Mm -hmm. I think it's cool and it's impactful and I liked it. I know, you know, some people are sort of split on it, but. Doing that for a whole show or a whole movie, I don't think we're there yet. It's it's still got quite a ways to go before I think a general audience would accept that for a whole movie. And it wouldn't be sort of like memed on, you know? Mm -hmm. It's kind of of my feelings. Yeah. All right. How about we do... um, Let's do two more emails, and then we'll save Josh and Kobe for next week. How's that sound?
0: One last thing that oh. came to mind for the Luke thing yeah, was that I think that was done. You know, Why did they do all that different stuff? I think they just wanted to find what worked the best, what looked the best, what yeah. sounded the best. If we're going to bring Luke back, let's do everything we can possibly and even mash it all together if we have to where we need to. Let's just get the best-looking thing we can and uh i think that's why all that was done yeah like you i know. said i think, I think it that's was why a, they pursued
1: every avenue a creative decision and that's just the one they chose to go with and i think like you know some people would say like the way they went was the way to go and i think other people would say the deep fake route would have been better but
0: well, i wouldn't have gone that way you know
1: yeah that
0: who knows
1: <sighs> all right this one's from coda he's uh it's about boba fett's armor hey guys i'm going to attempt to send in a legible email this time. My last one sounded like a Tatooine Spice Chunky wrote it. Anyway, I was thinking the other day, it is odd that Boba does not wear all the same armor Django did. Obviously, this is because the prequels came first, but what do you think happened to the shin thigh armor Django wore? I assume Boba probably lost pieces of it throughout his life, but I'd like to know what y'all think. Keep up the good work and keep it dirty. Nah, bro I, be, I can't I can't I got to keep you it no he keeps it thanks nope. for all you do coda um you know this is something weirdly enough like I was just you know years watching the original trilogy then watching the prequel trilogy and one day will was over at my house probably came over to record one day and I had like you know some black series figures on display I had a boba and a Django. And it wasn't until that moment Will was standing there looking at him and he pointed out Django's shin armor that I was like, holy shit, you're right. He does have shin armor. Because I, I think we were talking about like, is Boba's armor supposed to be Django's armor? Django's, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I think it is. And you're like, yeah, but he ditched the shin armor. And then like, I don't know why it never hit me until that very moment. Like comparing the two figures, like yeah, he does have shin armor, uh, mm-hmm. like uh, and thigh armor, like kind of like Din Djarin does. And I right. don't know what the I wonder what the story is behind that. Maybe uh, maybe those parts were stolen and unrecoverable.
0: Maybe they weren't actually Beskar.
1: Maybe they were armor, but they weren't. Could be either us. of those. Maybe uh, Boba's thighs are just meatier than Django's, and he was like. Oh, this shit chafes my thighs, Dad. I can't be wearing this. Maybe he said I just need my legs to be free. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, when I need to run, and maybe he said I need a bunch of pockets. I need cargo pant pockets.
1: Uh, yeah, man. So you know, I've had this not to keep bringing it up, but I had this. I've had this knee thing going on, and when I go to courthouses, um, I typically wear jeans. Jeans not the most comfortable on the knee. So lately, I've been going in like comfy pants like uh-huh. sweatpants or adidas pants or whatever and there's this one security guard at one of the courthouses i go to to work that every time i come in now he goes look out everybody it's mr comfortable mr comfortable's here look at you man <laughs> you look comfortable wish i could wear man. sweatpants all the time and i'm like man come on already feel like you i'm have wearing no pajamas idea I public. yeah right all right, we'll do this one more email and this is from Sam. Uh it's Oppo the Sneaky Snake. Howdy Halls and Will. I hope you fellas both had a nice Thanksgiving and Halls, I hope you're feeling better. I am. Uh, I just have a quick question this week. I was watching the Yoda Arc of Clone Wars and in that arc you get to see one of my favorite favorite Jedi, Oppo Rancisis in action. I mean, in. in that arc he is a pretty long fella. Do you think that he ever has a problem with people tripping over his tail or younglings messing with it? Part of me wishes he had been the Jedi who saved Grogu Grogu at the end of season two. I really hope to see Oppo again sometime soon. Anyways, fellas, keep up the great work and keep it clean. You know I keep it clean. (laughs) Best wishes, Sam. Man, Oppo to me is one of the designs of the prequels that sort of like it just kind of like you look at that design of that creature that's just in the background of some jedi council shots right that kind of encapsulates the prequels in a lot of ways for me like Mm -hmm. he's such a wild design he's got the big beard and stuff and he's just a long sneaky snaky boy (laughs) He has
0: maybe one speaking role, if that. I don't think he talks in the prequels at all. I'm trying to remember, because he's he's in the council when Kiadi Mundi is saying something, but I can't remember what. I don't
1: think Oppo's got any lines in the
0: movie. I mean, the camera may just pass over him while...
1: Wow. Because, like, you, you know, that's... Like, just think of that. Like, George Lucas, right? He's making yeah. the prequels. He's going to show us all these new Jedi. We've grown up for years, and we're like, all right, we've got Obi Wan Kenobi, we got Luke, we got Darth Vader. Those are our like lightsaber Jedi slash Sith bad guys. Right? Yoda, right? We get Yoda, but we never see Yoda with a lightsaber. Yoda's very like wise old master, uses right. the force and stuff. But we get right; those are the Jedi we get, and Yoda is like this mysterious character, right? For years. You know, every goddamn species species in Star Wars gets named in, like, 30, oh, what's the hammerhead in the cantina's name? That's motherfucking Mama Nadon, y'all. That's who that is. And so in the prequels, they got to come up with all these aliens and shit. And George Lucas throws a female Yoda in the background who and never says, has, has any lines. Yoda. Yaddle. Yaddle. Oh, there's Yattle in the background. and <laughs> He it, says, Yoda, Yoda, y- Yaddle. Jo- uh, George knows people are going to be like, holy shit, it's another Yoda. And he's like, yeah, but she's never going to really talk, and we're never going to address like, holy shit, there's another one of these. Yeah. That's George for you. And then he was like, I want a big sneaky snake.
0: You know what? Snake, samurai bun. Chopsticks
1: in it. Done. Done. Boo man shoot beard. Man, I would I would be down with seeing more Opo. I, think I don't think anybody
0: a... trips over his tail. I think either they're too scared to know better, or the force is very strong in his tail. It dodges people for him.
1: Oh, uh, it's like it's got it's a mind of its own.
0: Yeah, he there's something going on. And he looks back there. And he's like, what is going on back there? And his tail is just like kung fu dodging whipping ass or
1: dodging somebody. So uh, I think that's gonna do it for us, buddy. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Once again, thanks for understanding us taking a week off. Like I said, we got a couple of voicemails left in the uh, the inbox. We'll get to those next week. Uh, if you guys haven't, please leave us a five star review on iTunes. It really helps us out. If you enjoy our, we theme, really like it. We the people do. That like Star Wars podcasts really like it. If you uh, enjoy our theme song, please be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. there, Stoned Cobra. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. If you want to hear even more of me talking, but this time with our buddy Steve talking about video games, check out the. If you hit those sticks, (laughs) check out the high post podcast. Um, High post and uh, we'll see you guys next week thanks for everything you guys are the best, Star Wars is awesome I'm gonna go have a late night piece of pie and regret it I'm I'm sure, and be like oh, I shouldn't have had another piece of pie Uh, so uh, may the force be with you may the force be with all of you may the force be with us